So you wanna bet sports, but you need some advice on how to cash in big at a heck of a price. Well, if you want enough money to line your shorts, then you're in the right place. This is Dudes Who Bet Sports. Dudes Who Bet Sports, it's your favorite show. Dudes Who Bet Sports, where degenerates go. Dudes Who Bet Sports, time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Wanna bet sports? But you need some advice on how to cash in big at a heck of a price. Well, if you want enough money to line your shorts, then you're in the right place. This is Dudes Who Bet Sports. Dudes Who Bet Sports, it's your favorite show. Dudes Who Bet Sports, where degenerates go. Dudes Who Bet Sports, time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. NFL Week 3 College Football? Let's get it. It's going to be another uh, tough one to get these games right, but... It's always tough. So let's get on it and see what we can come up with this week. Yeah, so this this week's tough. And I think it's tough in college. Uh, I, I don't know. I had some success or uh, hopefully hopeful success finding some NFL games. Before we get to it, uh, I do want to mention something that we talked about Monday about USC and getting beat at home uh, decisively against Stanford. USC has fired Clay Helton. So new coach coming to USC. They fired him after that win. We kind of talked about how, man, if I was a USC supporter, I, I would kind of hope that he would get fired. But he's officially gone. What were your thoughts on firing Helton just two games into the season? Well, the first thing I thought of was you nailed it. You know, he said that uh, as we were going through it. Yep. When you fire a coach this early in the season, uh, you shouldn't have hired him back the year before. Nope. Because you don't fire somebody that you've got confidence in this early in the season. And it's a, it's a sure sign that they did not have a lot of confidence in him uh, going into the year or you wouldn't fire him this early. I mean, there's just two games in. Yeah, it's a terrible loss, but there's other problems going on there in my yeah. opinion. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about it, but they've not liked him. Mm-mm. He's been on the verge of getting fired. Last year was kind of a, a mirage. He went five and one, but if you look, he won a lot of games right at the end. You know, they could have easily been, three and three yep. which would have got him fired so he kind of bought a little time and uh don't know a lot about the situation there but i know they are underachieving as a program well and they have been for a long time now let's face it pete carroll hadn't been there in a long long time and that was the last time they were good so yep. uh it, it definitely speaks to some bigger problems there at USC, it's a strange place. It's got such tradition. They usually are good. Uh, sometimes they have been absolutely elite. Uh, they they make some weird coaching hires. And I know you know about football, college football history more than I do, but th- it's been a weird situation. They've had some weird coaches there, haven't they? They really have. And you would think that job would attract big-time names. You know, they're throwing – Urban Myers out there. It's about as big a name as you get. Bob Stoops, I've heard that one. If he takes that job, I'll fall over. I don't want to say I'll fall over dead. I might anyway, but I can't even imagine him being interested in that. Uh, Urban Myers has flatly said no. Yeah. But they don't ever hire those kind of guys. That's the thing. And and Clay Helton was not a big name at all. So, yeah, it's uh, – it's a, it's his, it's kind of, you know, when they hired Pete Carroll, that was kind of a surprise. I, you stole yeah. it out of my mouth. I was getting ready to say, people don't realize when USC hired Pete Carroll, he wasn't much, you know, no. he wasn't a household name. That's no. for sure. He, he had had some success in New England, but he wasn't anything great. Oh no. And he made his name at USC, but that was a weird hire. And if you read, a, I, I read an article one time about how Pete got hired he basically, his daughter was on a visit to USC, and Pete Carroll was there with her, and the AD saw him and said, well, maybe we'll, we'll interview him and hire him. Yeah. I mean, I that's how weird it is. Yeah, it, it is a strange situation out there. Uh, Kevin says uh, "Yeah, he here knows what he's doing. Well, we'll see. We don't know that yet. So it, it'll be interesting. They should be able to get who they want at USC, I would think. I would think. Now, another thing to consider is, and, 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 and I don't know whether this weighs into it too much. Some people don't want to move to Los Angeles. They don't want to live there. And that might have a little bit uh, to do with it. But there's some big-time names or, or qualified coaches right now that you would think would make the jump, like Matt Cam- Campbell at Iowa State, yeah. at Cincinnati, you know, 
there's some guys that you'd think would make that jump. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of this. Yeah, I've heard that the uh, Thickle from Cincinnati, it's it's his job to turn down, which you just yeah. you never know with these coaching rumors what's true and what's not. But it's it's a it's a high profile job that it seems like somebody would take that thing. So interesting yeah. to see how that uh, unfolds. They've got a head a head start on everybody else. It's going to need a new coach. That's one thing. You're <laughs> right. No, yeah. nobody else has fired their coach yet. Uh, That's right. right. You can hire somebody the minute the season's <laughs> over. You That's know. Right. Yeah, yeah, they could be talking to him right now and, and for yeah. months. So we'll see how all that plays out. All right. Uh, so one one programming note before we start, uh, I'm going to structure the show a little bit differently from here moving forward. Uh, so what we're going to do, we're still going to go through the big games of the weekend, uh, both college and NFL. We're still going to do that. But then in the end, instead of doing a lock and upset and, and what we're most looking forward to, we're going to give you the five games that we, that are that we believe are must bet games of the week. Uh, it, it can be NFL or it could be college. So we're going to give you our top five plays of the weekend to kind of end it and say, okay, here's our thoughts on all these games. Now here are the five that we're really focusing on. Uh, I think that'll add a little bit to it. And then another aspect of it, as we go along or when we get to that segment, if you're watching us live, go ahead and throw your top five in the comments, and we'll read through those as well and give you our opinion on those. So kind of kind of makes us more centralized on what we really, really like and also gets a little bit of fan interaction that we love on the show. So uh, a little programming note there, uh, but without further ado, let's kick it in to the games. Uh, I'm going to start in the NFL because we do have a game on Thursday night. So we'll start in the NFL and we'll start with that Thursday night game. So uh, the New York Giants travel to the nation's capital to take on the Washington football team. Uh, both teams coming off a loss. Washington lost at home to the Chargers last week. The Giants lost at home to the Broncos. Washington, a three-and-a-half-point favorite tonight. Uh, this seems like a battle of two teams that aren't very good. Uh, where are you heading here? Right here. <laughs> yes. Big-time red flag. Wouldn't touch it. Uh, Washington lost the quarterback, so we don't know how You know the backup – I don't know how he's going to play. The Giants were awful uh, last week. I know you're done with them forever. I wouldn't play it at all. Have, I, I got to be honest. I have no interest in this game whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. One good thing about it is if you start off 0-2 in this division, you still got a chance because this division is so bad. I'll take the Washington, but like I said, I wouldn't bet anything on this one. This game, I bet they wish it wasn't on Thursday night because usually oh, yeah. they try to get a decent Thursday night game on here. Um, the problem with this game is I'm very unsure of who these teams are even after we oh, saw man. them. Um, Washington played pretty good. Uh, back of quarterback Heineke played pretty good. Not bad, not great. Um, they were against a Chargers team that I'm not sure what they are either. Um, and, and Washington had a chance to win the game and got beat. I, I, I left that game thinking I'm really not sure what Washington is, but then I watched the Giants, and it's like, God, they, they couldn't have looked any worse. They turnovers. Uh, you, you know, Daniel Jones was awful, uh, and, and Kevin says Daniel Jones is 4-0 against Washington. I think he's 4-1 after tonight. I'm going to take the Washington football team minus the 3.5. I'm 1,000% with you. Uh, like I said a little earlier, we'll go through our top five plays uh, of the week uh, at the end of the show. This one's not going to be on it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I, I, I don't like this game at all. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll read this because Dennis said that he had a, a stat for us on the Rocket Iron. He was going to save it for this show. Uh, Taylor Heineke in nine games in four years, uh, yards per game, he's averaged 65.4. What's the line? 248.50. So he's talking about Heineke's in game, uh, passing yards, I guess, is what you're talking about there. Um, yeah, I mean, that seems like a lot of yards. I don't think that the Washington quarterback is going to throw for 248 yards. Well, the only thing is, in some of those games, he may not have played very much. Right. You may have only played a half. So that would be one thing. Because it was like last week. I don't know how much he played, but that would be the only hesitation I would have. But that is a lot of yards. It's, uh, it, it's I, a lot of yard for a quarterback that has has proven right. really nothing. And then right. Daniel Jones, I mean, even if he his was at 248, I wouldn't take it because he's proven that he's terrible. So, <laughs> right. 
Yeah. I, th- listen, the over-under on this game is 40 and a half, and mm. it, that's about right. Like, it is, yeah. these two teams are not yeah. good, and they don't score a lot. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this might be a little bit of a snooze fest. But, anyway, <laughs> give me Washington and give Papa Dude Washington. All right, let's go on to Sunday in a game that I think is going to be a lot better. Uh, Buffalo Bills travel to Miami to take on the Miami Dolphins. Bills coming off a home loss to the Steelers. And the Dolphins, a big win on the road at New England. The Bills are a three-and-a-half-point favorite here. Um, I bet people that have watched this show all the way through the first seven or eight weeks knows that I'm going to take Miami plus three-and-a-half. They're my team. Really curious to hear your thoughts on this one. Well, I went back and I and I looked at uh, the stats of the Buffalo game. I watched some of it. Uh, they dominated the game. They're probably sitting around wondering, how do we lose? When you look at the stats, but a block punt was the key in that game that uh, Pittsburgh turned into a touchdown. Uh, I think they bounced back this week, and I think they're going to win. I don't know where they're going to cover or, be, or beat that. I, but yeah. I, I think they're I, – wait a minute, they don't have to. I think they're going to win. I'm going to take – wait a minute, they are favored. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm confused here. I don't know that they'll win by three and a half, uh, but I think they're going to win this game. I really do. I, I think Buffalo's better than Miami. I'll tell you what, though. If Miami gets this one, you talk about a leg up on that division, which is a pretty good division. First of all, Buffalo's going to be zero and two. Mm-hmm. You're going to be two and zero, oh, and you have won both games against division competition. Huge game for the Dolphins. I do like the Dolphins, but I'm going to go with Buffalo to, to, to cover and win this game. It's a huge game for both teams, and you said it just right. Now, I know there's 17 games in an NFL season, but if you can get that leg up early, it really, really helps. Uh, it's tough to make up ground in the NFL it if you is. get too far out of it. Uh, we'll talk about that with the Ravens a little bit uh, later on in the show here where that's a really – I know it's just one game, but it's a bad loss for the Ravens on Monday Night Football uh, uh, this week. So anyway, though, for this game, uh, Miami kind of did exactly what I thought they would do week one. Go in there and win a really hard-fought, tough game. They needed some luck, and they got it. I think they play better at home. Um, I think they can control the Bills' offense. I think it's going to be just like that New England game. I think it's going to be very close. Uh, and if I, it's going to be close, I want Miami plus the three and a half. Right. Uh, I love that it's three and a half and not two and a half because I could see a 24, 21, you know, 30 to 27 type of game here. Um, but I, I'm, I'm taking my Dolphins. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the Dolphins bandwagon. I, I think still they're sneaky good. And I don't think uh, the week one really changed my mind on that. So I'm going Miami. All right, let's travel now to Philadelphia. Tell you what, um, so the, tell you what, you've, right. you've coined a new phrase here that I'm going to keep going with, and that's that sneaky good. Yep, you said that, and so far you're right. So I think you know, you got to keep keep with your guys. And what I mean by that is, if you go up and you walk up to just a somebody who's a very casual fan, and you go, "Hey, name three players on the Dolphins," I'm not sure people can no. do that. But the thing is, they're all good they're just not they don't have great players at any position but every position is solid every position group is solid they've got depth i i i just really like miami but all right let's let's travel on to philadelphia now uh the surprise team well one of the surprise teams the nfl week one uh philadelphia eagles they they go to atlanta and they blow out the falcons now they're at home taking on the san francisco 49ers who they were blowing out the Lions, and the Lions came back, but the, the Niners end up winning by eight. Uh, San Francisco on the road, a three-point favorite here. Uh, another tricky game, in my opinion. Where are you going with this one? Well, I think San Francisco let off the gas a little bit early in that Detroit game. They thought they had that one won, and they let off a little. Um, and Detroit made a, a good comeback. Philly was really good in Atlanta last week, and uh, I thought that Atlanta would beat them. Jalen Hurts, was his statistics were off the charts, ran, threw for a lot of yards, ran, uh, ran for a lot more. This is another huge game for the Eagles. They could go 2-0 and zero in that division they're in. That's a big game for them. Yep. Um, second week in a row for San Francisco uh, on the road on the East Coast. 
Dennis just posted that, and I'm going to go with him on this, that they stayed on the East Coast so they don't have to travel. And that's that's a good decision for them, too, I think. It's a long way across there to make two trips, and that cuts into your preparation time and a lot of stuff. So that was a good move for them. I think they're way better than the Eagles, and this is a green flag for me. I take the 49ers all day. So, yeah, we'll see if this makes your top five plays uh, at the end of the show here. Uh, it seems like it might, but the green flag, we'll see. But, yeah, I'm going to go the Niners, too. I'm not going to I'm, I'm not going to buy into the Eagles. I said that on the Monday show. I said, I'm going to pause. Let's let's let them prove it. Uh, this is a prove it game for them. I don't think the 49ers are, you know, a top three or four team in the league, but I definitely think they're a playoff type team with playoff type players and talent. Um, so this is a huge, huge win. If the Eagles can get it, I don't think they will. I'm taking San Francisco minus the three. Uh, and I'm with you. I watched a lot of that, that San Francisco Detroit game and that looked like a total mismatch. And basically San Francisco couldn't get onside kicks or they would have won by double digits. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm taking San Francisco in this one. Uh, let's move on to this one. I think this is a really, really tricky game. So Las Vegas Raiders coming off a huge win against the Broncos or against, excuse me, against the Ravens on Monday night football. They traveled to Pittsburgh this week, short week to take on the Steelers who also got a huge win in Buffalo. The Steelers are six point favorites. I think that line is really, really good. Um, Where are you leaning in this one? This looked like a toss up to me. Well, the Monday night thing kind of weighs into this. I think a little bit that Vegas had to play on Monday night. They were at home, so that that's good. But they still got to travel across the country to Pittsburgh, and again, it cuts in on the preparation time, uh, you know. And if you got some guys nicked up, they don't have an extra day to kind of heal a little bit, and uh, so it upsets the routine that goes on with these NFL teams. Uh, I like the Raiders a lot. I did not think Pittsburgh played that well last week. They didn't run the ball very well. They, they, their offense was very stagnant. And, and like I said, I'm sure Buffalo is trying to figure out how they lost. I am not going – this is not one of my games that I picked, uh, you know, my best bets. But I like Vegas and the points in this one. Well, I'm going to go opposite of you, but I, I – boy, I'm with you. I don't have a flag, but I'm raving the waving the red one here. You want the red? Yeah, put the red up. Thank you very much for that. Um, I'm trying. I, uh, gosh, I, I look at this game and it's just like, I don't know what Vegas really is. And I don't know what, I don't, I don't know what the Steelers are either. I debated this one for a long time. I'm going to go Pittsburgh minus the six. I'm not sold on the Raiders. I think that was more about the Ravens blowing that game. I think it was more about the Ravens being a little overrated. And I think it was more about the Ravens having some injuries that really killed them in that Monday night game. Uh, Las Vegas got to travel all the way across the country, take on a much stiffer defense in Pittsburgh. Uh, that being said, I was not overly impressed with Pittsburgh week one, um, but I think they're good enough to cover here. So I'm going to go Steelers minus the six. Uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough game. I could see it going either way. And that's a good segue to the next game we're going to talk about because <laughs> the schizophrenic, I'll call them Dallas Cowboys, Travel to the Los Angeles Chargers to take on the schizophrenic Los Angeles Chargers. Um, the Chargers, like I mentioned earlier, they're coming off a win, and it was a pretty good one on the road at Washington. The Cowboys are coming off a loss. No loss is good, but it wasn't a bad loss. They played really, really well, had a chance to beat Tampa. Chargers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite here against Dallas. I This is another one I debated forever. Where are you going with this one? This is a toughie. Um you know, it was a good loss for Dallas. Bottom line, they're still zero and one. Doesn't matter if it was a bad loss or a good loss. I don't think Dallas should feel too bad. I, I think that's one that they weren't counting on on winning uh, against Tampa Bay. Here's the thing with the Cowboys: they got to win this game. Yep. They this the, these are the games. If you're going to be the best team in your division, you have to win these games. And it's not going to be easy. The Chargers are improved. Their quarterback is playing very, very well. They're tough to beat at home. I think this is their first game in the new stadium. Isn't that correct? I believe. Uh, yeah. Uh, first game with fans. Yeah. First game with fans. Yeah. It's going to be, 
I don't know how much fan support they have. Um, Curtis Not was much. saying, no, nah, and Curtis says, I saw a while ago, he put it's a great place to live. Los Angeles, I would disagree with you there. Curtis, you ever lived anywhere else? Anyway. <laughs> He's lived in Michigan. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, I I guess he likes it out there. I, I There's no way I would live in L.A., but I, you know, I'm pretty old. Anyway, uh, you know, this is definite for me. Red, I, How come my flags aren't working? Anyway, that's a red flag for me. Um, I, like you, went around and around. I'm going to – so the Chargers are three and a half. Yeah, Chargers are three and a half point favorites. I'm going to go with Dallas. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm going to go with Dallas too. Yeah, and Samich says there'll be 80% Cowboy fans, 20% Chargers fans. Wow, That's how it's been when they were playing in the old soccer stadium. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's a home game for Dallas. I hate to pick them because they're just so unreliable, but they should win this game. It's just that simple. They really should win this game. They, they got better players. I think they do too. So, yeah, I'm going to go Dallas plus the three and a half. I like that they're an underdog here. Wouldn't take him as a favorite. Do like the underdog. Um, the, uh, only, the only thing is they keep getting people hurt on defense. Yeah, but, you know, the de- the defense is a weakness anyway. So, I mean, I would rather have somebody on the defense hurt than Dak. Let's put it that way. Um, oh, definitely. And so I, their receivers – God, you would think they could break some stuff on on the Chargers. In sports betting, well, in any betting, really, sometimes you just have to logically look at something, right? And you say, if you can go on the Thursday night with, uh, you know, Tampa Bay raising the Super Bowl banner and cover there, you should be able to cover here against the Chargers <laughs> in a stadium <laughs> where you're going to have, uh, as Samich and Magic both have said, 80% of your fans. So, Logically, the Cowboys should cover this game. Uh, but Kevin O says, uh, you know, Gregory and Lawrence out. It, it's Herbert time, and it, it it might be, but the Cowboys still should be able to put points on the board and keep this close enough to cover uh, the three and a half. I thought this was an interesting question. Do you feel like Hard Knocks, and Hard Knocks uh, Dallas was on Hard Knocks this year, has a negative effect on a team when it's early in the season? Um, you've coached for many years. Let's just kind of ask it like this. Outside distractions, does it have an effect on a team? I think it does. I would never want my team to be on hard knocks. They play for the camera. It is a distraction. They're always around wherever you're at. You know, you're in the you're in the cafeteria, you're in the locker room, you're you're out on the practice field, you're signing autographs, whatever. Those cameras are right there. And I do think it's a distraction. I don't know by this time. It's it it makes any difference once the game starts. I I don't know. I think it does in the preseason though, with your focus and things like that. Yeah, I wouldn't want it if no. it was me. I, well, I if would. I if I had a like if I was wanting to drum up some some attention mm-hmm. for my you know for the franchise whatever something like that and and that exposure would help. You know, and you talk to management about that. And if they say, hey, we need to have a little bit of a, some exposure to get our fan base going, you know, you might have to go along with with that. Yeah. Well, the Dallas Cowboys certainly don't need that. So, no, <laughs> I think they just like the attention. And, you know, here's another thing. You're saying there's going to be 80 percent Dallas fans. If this game was in Dallas, I'd be feeling the same way. Sure. They lose these kind of games in Dallas, too. It doesn't yes. matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. These are the classic games that make the Cowboys what they've been the last few years, where they just can't get over the hump because this is a big game that they can win, and they they haven't been able to do it. Um, well, they looked really good week one. I they can't do. get over that, and and with Dak back, yeah, I gotta take him. But it, listen, I debated that one for a while. I debated this one maybe a second. Okay, so the big Sunday night game, it's kind of the game of the week. Kansas City travels to Baltimore. Of course, Kansas City uh, beats the Browns 33-29, to a really good game, and Baltimore loses a heartbreaker uh, in Las Vegas. Listen, Kansas City has had the, the Ravens number here lately. Uh, Three-and-a-half-point favorite for the Chiefs. Where are you leaning here? Well, I tell you, you talk about a tough first two games for the Chiefs. 
They got the Browns, and then they got to go into uh, Baltimore to play uh, the Ravens. That's a pretty tough first two games. Uh, here's the thing I looked at in this one. When you play the Chiefs, you got to score points. You have to. You got to match them. Yep. I don't know that the Ravens can do that. I don't. I just don't think they have a dynamic enough offense. I don't think their defense can stop the Chiefs enough either. The other thing is you got to get a pass rush against Mahomes. You got to keep him in the pocket. Now, you tell me how you do that. It's pretty hard. I mean, if a lot of times teams can get on him, but he escapes and off he goes for thirty yards. And, and there's nothing worse when you when you're almost to the quarterback, you don't get him. And then he breaks a play for 30 yards. You know, you played good defense. You covered downfield. You got all the receivers covered. And there he goes and scrambles for 30 uh, yards. And he does that all the time. Yeah. So uh, I didn't hesitate at this one at all. Baltimore, again, is coming off uh, the Monday night game. Again, the preparation thing. They were in Vegas, had travel time to get back home. And when you play the Chiefs, you need all the preparation you can get. And they didn't get it historically Kansas City has blown them out I'm with the Chiefs all day long to cover this one yeah it's just in the, the Ravens have the injuries to the running backs and that it's it's not a good situation for them they really need to win this game but I just don't think they're going to do it uh Dennis's comment is I know this is going to be in my top five for sure I just don't know if it'll be Casey minus the three and a half or over 54 and a half for the total I think both are pretty good bets there, Dennis. Um, you know the Chiefs are going to score. They have shredded this Baltimore defense m- multiple times when Mahomes has been there. And the Ravens are going to get some points on the board. I just don't think it'll be very many. Um, but they're probably going to score enough to get to the over uh, 54 and a half. Yeah, stay tuned into the show. But <laughs> I think you can tell by the my, my voice, the Chiefs will probably be in my top five <laughs> at the end of the show because they they – there's no excuse for them not to cover this game. They'll have to play poor not to. I I think they're going to – I think it might get ugly in Baltimore. Uh, I really do. So uh, that'll do it for the NFL. We'll cover the Monday Night Football game on our Monday show. Uh, But that'll do it for our NFL picks. But now let's get to college and uh, look at this. A game we will be there live and in person to see. An old rivalry from the Big 8 and then the Big 12, and now no longer, but it's renewed on Saturday at 11 a.m. in Norman. Uh, Nebraska at 2-1. They've won two in a row against pretty easy teams after getting upset by Illinois. They travel to OU to take on Oklahoma 2-0. Looked better last week, but that doesn't really count. It wasn't against anything. Uh, OU a 22-point favorite coming into this one. My turn? Your turn. (laughs) Well, I'm going to bore all you guys a little bit with some history because uh, I'm the only one old enough to remember when this was the game back in the 70s and 80s. And uh, this is the uh, 50th anniversary of the game of the century in 1971, which I don't know how many of our viewers were even alive in 1971. But I was, and I remember this like it was yesterday. Uh, a little bit of a history here. OU was was they dominated college football in the fifties. They they dropped a little bit in the sixties. They didn't drop off the face of the earth, but they weren't real good, and they hadn't been very very good. And going into the nineteen seventy season, uh, their head coach was Chuck Fairbanks, and they were the, the coaching staff was in some trouble. And they started off the year two and two, which you don't do at Oklahoma, even if you're shitty, you don't go two and two right. at Oklahoma. And they thought they were going to get fired. And Barry Switzer was on that staff. There was a a Jimmy Johnson was on that staff and they thought they were going to get fired. And they, the Texas game was coming up and Texas was number one in the country. And um, so they had an off week. They had two weeks to get ready for, for Texas. They had a great quarterback at OU named Jack Mildren. And Jack Mildren was one of the most heavily recruited players ever to come out of the state of Texas. And OU got him. And, but they, they were in the wrong scheme. They were running the veer. And at this time, the wishbone was in its infancy. And not very many teams were running the wishbone. And most of you guys don't even know what the hell the wishbone is because it hasn't been around for a long time. But it was an option-oriented offense. So uh, I'm trying to make this story as short as I can, but I can't. Anyway, Switzer was the offensive coordinator at OU. And he went to Chuck Fairbanks and he said, Chuck, we're in the wrong offense. We've got to switch to the wishbone. 
And Texas was running the wishbone. And they were really the only team in the country that was having a lot of success with it. But they were dominating college football at that time. Switzer had studied it a little bit and said, we got the perfect personnel to do it. We got to switch. We're going to get our ass fired anyway. And that's exactly the way Switzer talks. We're going to get our ass fired anyway. What do we got to lose? And Fairbanks went ahead and said, yeah, we got to do it. So I'd like to say that they switched to the wishbone and in two weeks they went down and beat Texas, but they didn't. They lost 41 to nine. They got killed, but they did move the ball a little bit against a great Texas defense. So they went ahead and finished out the rest of the season. And uh, one of the big games down that stretch was they got behind up at Iowa State 28 to nothing. And they came back and won that game with the wishbone. And that's when they began to believe in it. The only game they lost the rest of the year, they went to Nebraska. And Nebraska was great and won the national championship that year in 1970. And uh, uh, they beat uh, OU 28-21. And so OU was very competitive. Now we're getting to 1971. Oh, you had an all a whole uh, entire offseason to, to to get the wishbone down to perfection, and they set offensive records rushing the ball that probably will never be broken with that wishbone offense. So that led up to the game of the century against uh, Nebraska. And how many times have we seen these high-profile games mm-hmm. not amount to anything? You know, we're we're looking forward to them, and it's a blowout or it's boring or whatever. This one was back and forth, back and forth all day long. It was freezing cold in Norman, Oklahoma. The wind was blowing. It was perfect football weather. I was, I was, I never will forget. I jumped so high one point in that game. I came down on my foot and about broke my big toe. Uh, we're all sitting around waiting for Thanksgiving dinner until this game was over. It was on Thanksgiving Day. It was incredible. The only bad news was we lost, but at the same time, what a football game it was. Nebraska won right at the last 35-31, and it was a great game. And then for the next 20 years, Oklahoma and Nebraska played on Thanksgiving weekend every day, every year. And it usually would decide – well, it didn't usually. It always decided the big uh, eight at that time championship and who would go to the Orange Bowl. And a lot of times it would decide who would win the national championship, and it was just – Something else. So that's why this game means something to us old timers, and it should mean something to the nation. It's kind of a renewal of that classic rivalry that hasn't been around for a while. Yeah, it it really hasn't been relevant. And in 2001 was the last time it was really a big game nationally. Uh, and in, in 2000, it was number one versus number two in Norman, and then they called that you know game of the century two. And uh, OU was able to win that game. Uh, it's a far cry from it now. And that's yeah. what's sad about it. Uh, Nebraska has just dropped off the face of the map. And, and and now we're here with this. Nebraska at least has won a couple of games in a row, has some momentum. Um, it's just a far cry from what it was. And even you don't even have to be, you know, Papa Dude age. You can be my age and remember great OU Nebraska games as well. It wasn't that long ago these two teams played for the Big 12 championship game. You know, and even though Nebraska wasn't a powerhouse, they were still good enough to make that game. Um, as far as this one goes, it it has a blowout written all over it, in my opinion. I think OU, because of the rivalry, because they're making a huge deal about it being the 50th anniversary of that game of the century, I think OU's locked in for this one, and I think they cover the 22. So as far as this game this year, what do you think is going to happen to Norman on Saturday? Not so fast. <laughs> Lee Corso, you know. Yep. I don't know what Oklahoma has. They've proven absolutely nothing to me. And until they do, I'm not sold on them at all. I don't like the quarterback. I do not trust the quarterback. I can see them choking somewhat in this game. I really can. I'm not high on them. Nebraska's defense is not bad. And OU's got to run the ball. They have to. That sets up everything else they do, and they've not proven to me they can do it. I am going to take Nebraska and the points. I'm not saying I would bet it, but I'm going to do that. I think the game's closer than people think. I think OU wins 38-17. That's not 22. That's 21. (laughs) There you go. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so they're going to cover. They're not going to cover. They're going to win by 21. 
not 22 after we talked up Nebraska there. I like it. All right. Well, oh, that's pretty good for Nebraska, don't you think? Well, it would be a good showing for them. And again, that that just shows you after the stories that you told how far they've dropped that we're saying, hey, if they play Oklahoma within yeah. 21 points, it's been a good game for them. So that's that's the state of Nebraska football right now. So we'll see what happens. It's, it's going to be fun to see those two uniforms oh. on the field together again. Uh, I don't know what the game's going to be like as far as being competitive. We'll see. You think Nebraska covers. I think OU covers. All right, let's move on to a game that should be a little bit more competitive. Well, I don't know. Maybe you don't think so. Um, Cincinnati, they go uh, on the road to Indiana. Indiana, of course, losing week one at Iowa. They, they played a little bit better last week and got a win over Idaho. Cincinnati 2-0. and They're kind of the uh, mid-major darling coming into this game. Tricky game, though, going to Bloomington. So uh, where are you leaning in this one? Well, I've got Cincinnati ranked number eight in my top 25, so I've got to really like them mm-hmm. in this game. Uh, when you look at the Cincinnati schedule, they have they have this game and then I got the next one. They're humongous games yep. for the Bearcats. They've kind of just kind of went through the motions the first two weeks, and, and they've won – Easily, they have tremendous talent. They went toe to toe with Georgia last year yep. in the bowl game. They've got the players. I think they're going to be sky high and ready for this game. I don't think Indiana's very good. They were everybody's darlings last year. They went six and two, and that's good. And, and, and we need teams to come out of nowhere in college football, but they didn't really play anybody. So I like I like Cincinnati to 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 cover this easy. I think they're going to as well. And I think you made the big point that I, I like to, to think of this game. When you're a mid-major and you schedule these games, like it, like at Indiana, and then I think they're going to have a week off, and then they go to Notre Dame, you circle them and you focus on them and you really can put everything you've got into them because there's other weeks where you've got games where you really don't have to prepare quite as hard. Uh, this is certainly one they've got scheduled that they got to win, that you know that they that they've had circled. So I think Cincinnati does cover. Uh, Dennis disagrees. He's got uh, Indiana plus four. Uh, the line right now three and a half, but it has been at four. I've seen even four and a half at some bo- books. So, uh, but I'm with you. I'm going to take the Bearcats. Um, I'm not quite as high on the Bearcats as you are, but I do think they come in to Indiana and cover uh, this game. All right, let's move on to one of your darlings. From week one, Virginia <laughs> Tech, they upset North Carolina in, in a game that that was your dog of the week was Virginia Tech. Now they go on the road, uh, Virginia Tech 2-0. They go on the road to West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia is 1-1. Their loss came to Maryland um, in a competitive game. Uh, West Virginia, two-and-a-half point favorite, despite the fact that Virginia Tech is the number 15 ranked team in the country. Are you going to stick with your Hokies or are you turning to the Mountaineers? This is the toughest game I've handicapped all, all week. I, I have really struggled with this one. You can't look at the stats of West Virginia because they beat Long Island, I think it was, last <laughs> week. I had Listen, when I saw that, I thought, Long Island, that's one I've never seen. No. I didn't know Long Island had a football team. I knew they had, oh. a, had a basketball team, but I didn't know they had a football team. So the stats, when you look at the stats of West Virginia, they're skewed because they, you know, you can't go by that. It's like looking at Oklahoma stats. They're totally skewed. Virginia Tech was, they should have lost the game to North Carolina. You know, they didn't do much. And then they came back and beat a decent, you know, middle Tennessee. I mean, they're not anything to write home about. I don't know how good West Virginia is. I do know this. They play extremely well at home. Uh, they're tough to beat in Morgantown. Uh, when I handicapped this, I thought the line was three and a half, and it's down to two and a half now. Yep. When, and that makes a little bit of a difference. Uh, I don't know which way to lean on this at all. I So don't take anything that I'm saying into consideration here because I'm baffled by this one. I'm going to take the Hokies. I am going to take West Virginia. And here's why I'm not really high on either one of these teams. I feel like you're right. Virginia Tech really should have. I mean, they they tried. I'm not going to say they should have lost against North Carolina, but they tried to lose that game multiple ways, and North Carolina wouldn't take it. 
I don't think Virginia Tech's that good. And I think if they would have lost that game, we would see a completely different line. Yes. This, right. So yeah. I'm going to try to take advantage of that. I'm going West Virginia minus the two and a half. I'm not confident. Uh, the red flag is out for me on this one because this is a game. I'm just not sure who either one of these teams are uh, at this early in the season. It's really tough to get a read because we don't know what North Carolina really is yet either, you know, um, and, and West Virginia lost to Maryland on paper. That doesn't look bad, but we don't know what Maryland is either. So these are just like, I call them tweener teams. Just, they're just kind of in between. You don't really know what they are. We might find out a little more about each of these teams after this game. So I'm going to go West Virginia, though, uh, minus a two and a half. I'll stick with them. All right, let's move on to this is a this Miami team is interesting every week, right? So last week they win, but they do not cover against Appalachian State. Uh, and in the first week, they get blown out by Alabama. This week, Michigan State comes to town, so it should be another competitive game for Miami. Uh, Michigan State's 2-0, a very impressive win on the opening week against Northwestern on the road. Um, Six-point favorite for Miami. This is another tough one, man. What what do you think about this one? Very tough again. Uh, I guarantee you that Miami coaching staff took a big sigh of relief when that Appalachian State game was over. When you're a coach and you came off a huge game against Alabama and you peed down your leg, you know, you played – not very well, and, and and you anticipated you were going to be better than that, and you got killed. You got to come back the next week, and you got to get those kids ready to go again. And when they see Appalachian State, even though you're sitting there preaching to them, guys, this is a good team. Don't look at the name of this team. This team is good. Yep. They traditionally have, have have played teams like you very close. You just can't get them ready mentally. It's just a very difficult thing to do. So they were they were thrilled to win that game any old way they could. Now you got a different thing coming in here with Michigan State. Okay, oh hey guys, they play in the Big Ten. The Big Ten's pretty good. They've been good over the years. Okay, they know who this is. Yep. So I think you're going to see the real Miami uh, come out one way or the other in this one. If they're pretty good, I think we're going to see it. We don't know yet for sure on Michigan State. They beat Northwestern, but Northwestern doesn't appear to be much at this point. I'm going to take Miami to cover. I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to take Michigan State and take the six points here. Uh, I I think it's a toss-up game as far as the point spread goes. I think it could go either way. I think Michigan State's going to be able to line up and run the ball on Miami, and I think that's going to be the key keeping this thing close, keeping it a four-quarter game, and ultimately Michigan State covers this one. If I had to just pick a winner, I think it's going to be pretty similar to last week. I think Miami's going to win, and it might be really, really late when they pull ahead. Um, I think it's a three-point game one way or the other. So if I think that, i got to go Michigan State and take the six points here. Um, again, this is another one just not real confident on because you, you just don't know what these teams are quite yet. And um, Kevin O says he thinks Northwestern's way down this year. They didn't play very well week two either. Talking about Northwestern, they did win, but it wasn't really a very good game against a much lesser opponent. You might be right. The one thing I'll say, and I say this sometimes in horse racing, uh, when a horse will beat a bad field, but they beat him by five, six links, and it wasn't competitive. I'll say the same thing for Michigan State. Northwestern may not be very good, they, but it wasn't a competitive game. Michigan State dominated. So uh, I will take – I'll take Michigan State plus the six here. I, I think they get it done. Uh, but it's it's debatable for sure. I missed this comment from Dennis. Uh, <laughs> I heard a story at the bar last night. Some guy said, don't ever go to West Virginia. <laughs> Last time he was there, an 80-year-old grandma screaming at the top of her lungs, F Louisville. Well, <laughs> I think that could happen everywhere, Dennis. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's just West Virginia. <laughs> no. But they're pretty wild up there, and I don't think they're very friendly to the road team. So, well, I want to know if the grandma had overalls on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, or did she burn her couch in her front yard? That's another a Morgantown tradition. They burn couches. It's a it's a wacky place. It's a wacky place. Thankfully, OU never lost up there. 
Uh, I'm sure, I guess we'll have to go up there one or two more times before we're out of there, but it's, it's a, definitely a different place for sure. Uh, and it can really get rocking at, at Morgantown if, if it's going well for the Mountaineers. So, all right, let's turn our attentions to another place where it's going to be rocking. That's the Swamp in Gainesville, Florida, as the Florida Gators welcome the number one team of the nation, Alabama Crimson Tide, um, coming off an easy win against a terrible Mercer team that, that doesn't really count that one or count that one, but great win over Miami week one. First true road game for the Crimson Tide. Can they cover this four and a half, uh, 14 and a half point spread in Florida? Well, I think it's going to take a swamp, literally, to keep them from – covering this um you know florida better hope a hurricane comes through there or something a thunderstorm of some kind i'm not i don't i don't think alabama has a problem here i i i don't i'm not i don't we don't know about florida you know at this point i think they've played every rinky dink florida team that in the state of florida what florida international and south florida i think I think they got Northeast Florida on the schedule next week. Um, they got here's another thing that that I, I was looking up. They got two quarterbacks. They're, they're using a two quarterback yeah. system, which historically has never really panned out, uh, and they still haven't settled on one. I've learned my lesson, as uh, Samish says. I've learned my lesson with Alabama. There's no way I'm picking against them until they prove me otherwise so i'm i'm going alabama in this one yeah uh bama first half still the best bet in sports homage says and yeah they they just, just the stats don't lie they, they 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 get out ahead and they dominate early uh i'm with you i think alabama covers here and i think the biggest thing is i don't think florida's very good no, okay and, and i think this line should be a lot bigger uh, I think, yeah, and so much. I'm glad he threw that in. I was looking for him. 21 and five over the last two years in their first half lines, they've covered them. So that's that's unbelievable. Yeah. I think they'll be 22 and five after I'm this game. Uh, only way Bama, Dennis says the only way Bama doesn't cover is because they are up by 17 or 21 and they let off in the fourth quarter. That's a good point. It could happen. I'm projecting they're up by like 35. Yeah in the fourth quarter. That's why I don't think we're going to have that backdoor cover. I think they jump out all over them. Um, Florida, like I said, I think offensively, they, they, I don't think they'll be able to move the ball much. And that's a bad, bad sign. If that happens against Alabama. The other thing is they were awful on defense last year. Florida was. Yeah. They weren't any good on defense. Alabama should roll them. Now I hope we come on here Monday and we're eating crow and we're wrong. I will tell you that but I don't think we are. No, I don't think we are either. I, I think this game just comes down to the fact Alabama is a much better team than Florida. I think that 14 and a half is because it's at Florida and it's a tough place to play, but it won't be tough enough to keep it close, I don't think. All right, let's go to a game here that should be much, much more competitive and a tricky game uh, as well. Auburn Tigers travel to University Park to take on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Both teams are two and zero. I read somewhere Auburn's first road game in the to a Big Ten school since 1931. I mean, that's unbelievable. Uh, all right, Auburn Penn State Penn State five point favorite. Where are you going with this one? Well, I also heard a statistic on the radio this morning, and I don't you know I just heard it on the radio, so I'm, I'm and these guys are pretty good. I was listening to, so I'm assuming it's right. Uh, they've only won well, the last time they beat a ranked team in a non-conference game on the road was 1984. Wow. And, and I don't know how many non-conference games they've had against ranked teams, you yeah. know, over the years. Um, we know absolutely nothing against about Auburn, nothing. They're averaging 61 points a game, but they've played Akron. And I forget who the other South, who was the other one? South, Alabama or Alabama, I don't know who it was. Yeah, but it was an FCS school. Yeah, they were awful too. And so we don't know. We know who their quarterback is. He's been up and down over the years. His name's Bo Nix. He's had some good games and he's had some bad games. We have a little bit more of a line on Penn State. You know, we know what they are too. They went to Wisconsin and, and they beat a, a, a good Wisconsin team in Madison. Not easy to do. 
came back and uh, had a so-so game against Ball State, but Ball State's pretty good, and they, they beat them easily. So we know what they are. Here's the problem. We also know Penn State's not going to score much. Mm-hmm. They just aren't. They just don't score much. So that's going to keep this game close, I think, and that's why that line's at five. This is a tough, tough game to pick. I wouldn't bet a nickel on this. Uh, I just, I just don't, I just wouldn't bet them. I got to go with Penn State because we know what they are and we don't know what Auburn is. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And Samich asks, uh, isn't this the whiteout this week? And yes, it is. Oh, so, it is. Yeah. A whiteout at Penn State at night. And Kevin O said, it's hard to beat Penn State at night at Happy Valley. I agree. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a, another horse racing turn that we use sometimes, the knowns versus the unknowns. I feel like we've got a really good idea of what Penn State is. You know, they, they went to a very good Wisconsin team and won. And so now they're at home against an Auburn team that we kind of know that they're not a top SEC school. I mean, it would be shocking if they were like a top three or four SEC school. So can I, I'll call them upper to mid pack SEC school go on the road and beat one of the better Big Ten schools? I think the answer is no. Um, I'm going to take Penn State. Minus the five here. Um, yeah, I mean, I honestly, I debated for a while, but this one I got to quicker than some of the other ones that we've been saying are tough or toss-ups. I think Penn State gets a job done here. The only tricky thing is Penn State doesn't score much. You know, they, they don't, but, you know, they cut, they, like, they beat, they beat uh, Wisconsin 16 to 10. Yeah. So they 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 were underdogs there, but say they were five point favorites in that game. They scored sixteen and they still covered. Mm-hmm. And Wisconsin's not bad. You no, know? they're not. But I think Auburn might be a little better offensively than. It's just a tough. It's a it, it's a it's a tough early season game to pick because we don't really know what Auburn is. Yeah, and, and Dennis says uh, he thinks the under. Uh, it's a good spot for the under. The over under is fifty three points. I thought that was kind of high for this. Yeah. High. Uh, well, that's, because, that's because Auburn's averaging 60 a game, probably. Right. But that is – a lot of schools would be averaging 60 a game with the opponents they play. Correct, yes. And Scott Sneed said, Bo Nix on the road, that's all you need to know. White out on okay. Saturday night in Happy Valley. Um, yeah. Okay. Penn State, you're talking me into it more and more. Maybe I should add this to my five. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I've got a couple of seconds, but we got one more game. And we'll go to the top five uh, plays of the day for us. All right, last game we're going to talk about uh, for college football. And here's your boys, the BYU Cougars. They're underdogs at home again, even after upsetting Utah last week. Arizona State Sun Devils come into town. It's another rank, or it's a ranked uh, uh, Sun Devils versus a now ranked BYU Cougars. Four point underdogs for BYU. I think I know where you're going, but make it official. Well, I I don't like Arizona State that well. I don't either. I didn't like them in the preseason poll. I didn't. I no, not a huge fan of of their coach. I think he's funny. He says some funny stuff, but I I don't. You know, I, I'm just not a huge fan of them. They have been very unimpressive in their first two games. Now again, they could be sleepwalking. You know, they're going to be ready for this one. They're going to be tuned in, especially since BYU beat Utah. That got their attention. BYU got into the top uh, 25. So they've got Arizona State's full attention. And and, and you got to take that into consideration. But the Cougars in Provo, Utah, are pretty hard to beat. And I was very impressed with them last week. Yep, I'm going with the Cougars all the way. Does this not feel like Groundhog's Day a little bit? A little. BYU on the home, or at home, at night, hosting a ranked opponent out of the Pac-12. I think it's the same thing. Utah went in there, and that game wasn't all that competitive. BYU pretty much had control of the game almost for the for the whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, we got seven points last week. Now we're getting four, but I still think BYU plus the four makes sense here. And I, I'm not going to be shocked at all if they win this game outright. Well, I think BYU should be a four-point favorite. That's my opinion. I, listen, I think Utah's better than Arizona State. So, yeah, I I was shocked by this line. I thought it would be more along the lines of 
you know, one and a half, two points one way or the other. And when I saw BYU plus four, I'm hopping on it again. Get on that Mormon train, I guess. We're going <laughs> to stay on it for another week. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's a good point. No letdown worries after beating a rival. No, because they're playing Arizona State. Um, let's say there's just let's just because they're just right above here with a team like Tulane, right? Let's say Tulane was coming in there. I would almost be worried about a letdown there. But I think hosting another Pac-12 team at night on your home field, I don't think they're letting down this week. I think they'll be ready. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and the fact that uh, now if they had to go down to Arizona State, uh, that would be a difference. But I think they're going to be riding the high off that. I know where you're coming from, uh, Mike. Um, As a coach, you really worry about, about that. But having a ranked opponent coming in, I think will get them ready to go. Yeah, and I think, especially in college, you worry about it a lot, right? Like, uh, for example, just to throw one out there, what about like, uh, let's let me find Arkansas. Where are they? Well, I know. Okay, Arkansas is a twenty-three and a half point favorite at home against Georgia Southern, right? right? Arkansas is coming off the biggest program win they've had in a long time. That's one where I, I'm not saying Arkansas could get upset, but I don't know if they're going to cover that. True. That's, That's one I would be worried about. Exactly. So you got a letdown and you got the fact that Arkansas probably gained a few points in that spread because of the win. And we're still not quite sure if Arkansas is good or they're just better than last year, but still not great. I would be worried about them covering. That's a letdown type game for me. Well, the thing that kept me away from that one is Georgia Southern has just been horrid the first two weeks. That's a good point. They have yeah. not been good. And that yeah. could be even worse for Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see them struggling a little bit, yeah. but I stayed away from it uh, simply because I, I just, I didn't think Georgia Southern had played well enough to, to warrant a bet from me. Yeah. yeah. So in my top five that we're going to talk about next, I thought for sure, well, I, I may play, I may monkey with putting them in there but i thought i just don't want to depend on a team that bad that's been that bad so i didn't do it all right here we go the new segment like i said we went over all the games now here are the five must plays uh of the weekend for both of us we're going to start with yours uh and by the way the number one ranked game that we'll have on this that'll be our lock of the week so the lock of the week for papa dude is cincinnati so just quickly kind of go over your five here and and why you picked these five out well, Cincinnati gets the green flag, no doubt about it. They get the green flag, if I could ever figure out how to put it up there. There we go. They get the green flag for me. They're my lock of the week. I'm high on them. I think they're ready for this game. I'm not high on Indiana. Uh, if I lose, I lose. But that's the one that I like the best. Uh, my second pick, we've already talked about the Chiefs. Uh, probably no reason to go over that anymore. And uh, the Niners. Also, and we talked about BYU. Yeah. My upset special is number five. I was going to take BYU, but anyway, I uh, we'll talk about that in a minute when we get to yours. Um, San, Diego, San, Diego, San Diego State is plus nine, and Utah is coming in there. Here's mm-hmm. the deal. Here's the angle I'm playing. Uh, Utah is coming off uh, the rivalry game with BYU where they got thumped. This is a tough trip to San Diego State. I love the nine points. San Diego State's not bad. They went to Tucson and thumped Arizona, which I know they're not very good, but still 38-14. Um, I love this nine points. Uh, I yeah, I think Utah might win, but I don't think they're going to cover nine. So that's my upset special of the week, the Aztecs over the Utes. Right, San Diego trying to make it three and zero. I think it's a good one. I, I debated that one for a little bit and just eh, decided well, to go I'll elsewhere. Throw out one more too, even yeah, though throw out your other one, one that you were debating and put on there. Uh, I like North Carolina this week over Virginia. Um, I was I'm not high on North Carolina, but I they should have beat Virginia Tech. They came back and played real well last week against Georgia State, which is they're not any good. But North Carolina has ability to score. Even though they didn't against the Hokies, they turned it over and, and made some mistakes. They've got a good quarterback. The line is eight, I believe. I think they're going to cover that. I'm not that high on Virginia. So I like that game in Chapel Hill, too. That's one I, I almost threw in here and took out the uh, one of the pro games. Yeah, I think North Carolina, 
they, they're another one that falls into that category of, I just don't know what they are yet. So I, I'm debating it, but uh, I didn't go with them. All right, so let's go with mine. I locked, and you know what? I should, since there's two Arizonas. There's Arizona, <laughs> the college, and, and the pro. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So let me write which Arizona there real quick. Uh, okay, now I'll put the – so I've got the Arizona Cardinals minus three and a half. They take on the Vikings, and it's at Arizona, and that just logically just seems like they ought to cover that, right? Minnesota coming off a loss. Arizona coming off a big win at Tennessee. I mean, I just, I feel like they should cover that game pretty easily. I was shocked that it was three and a half. Uh, I think Arizona kind of starts to prove who they are more and more as the weeks go on here. And this is a good matchup for them. Uh, Kansas City minus three and a half. We talked about it. I, I just think logically they should win that game pretty easily. BYU plus the four. We went over that one. We also went over, well, we went over the last two as well. The Miami Dolphins plus three and a half. I'm, I'm riding that Miami train until it bucks me off. Uh, I, I think they're going to be very competitive and, and keep that close, if not upset, uh, a, a pretty good Buffalo team. And then Alabama, I changed this at the end. I had the Rams uh, minus three and a half. And I thought, no, I'm going to go Alabama minus 14 and a half. It was my fifth one. Uh, I just think it makes sense. You know, the Rams... Uh, they're going to Indianapolis. I think they'll cover that, but it is a long trip. And sometimes those West coast teams kind of struggle early out of the gates. So those are my five, uh, there. Hopefully we can get those in. And then we also have, uh, one from Dennis. He says the Browns minus six and a half, uh, for the first half, the Rams minus four. So it's funny. I didn't see that comment, Dennis, but we were kind of both on the Rams there for a minute. The Broncos, Jags, under 45, Auburn, Penn State, under 53, and whichever I decide to take here, whether it be uh, KC uh, and the Ravens, over 54.5, or Kansas City, minus the 3.5. So that's Dennis's top five. Uh, quickly look at this. I, I, What do you think about the Browns? Let's talk about them a minute. So they're 12.5-point favorites. First half is minus 6.5. What do you think of that Browns bet? That would be the only one of the five that I think might be a little risky. Really? Well, what exactly does that mean? Well, it means they have to be ahead by seven or more at the half. Well, I think I, – I, oh, I see. Okay. And I could see Houston giving them a little bit of trouble. I love the Rams pick. I thought you were going to pick the Rams, or I might have put that in my top five. Um, I like that one. The under 45 Broncos and Jags, yeah. that's, that's really good. We talked about the Auburn Penn State under 53. I, that's really good, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you're, I think you're, you're in really pretty good shape there, Dennis. The only one I think is a little shaky is the Browns. But Well, okay, I'm going to tell you why I like the Browns one. He did the first half and not the whole game because that's yeah. a big spread. They're like 12.5-point favorites. But that first half, it really minimizes, you know, what you have to cover so, yeah, and Samich says, because you're a homer. No, I'm saying at 12 and a half, I might not take the Browns. <laughs> I, I like that, Dennis. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Scott Snead also watches the show a little bit. He likes it as well. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty good there, Dennis. I think, so. I, I, I think, I think we're going to have to get Dennis on here one of these days. We, he, I'm sure he would love that. He would, yeah. he would definitely come on. He's been on the Rocket Hour before. Um here was one somebody threw out. It's not five, but for the, the games tonight, Logan Thomas over 45 and a half yards. He's got the Giants, Washington under 41, and he got the Giants plus the five. I haven't seen them anywhere at plus five. I'm sure mm -hmm. there's there's different books that have different things. So if you can get them at plus five, yeah. that's probably what you need. I don't know. You may need more than that, but plus five, if you can get them somewhere, that's not bad. I think the big thing about this game is the under 41. I, I think that's the the bet that I would feel most confident in. Well, let's just start doing scores. Okay. Yep. 20 to 17. Does that sound reasonable? Yep. That's 37. That's right. You know, to beat uh, the 41, it'd have to be like 27 to 20. I yeah. don't see that. 24, just, 21 is yeah. kind of a logical score that would beat it. I don't think that's going to, they're going to get there, but that you could see yeah. it. Um, yeah. I like that one too. It has like 17 to 13 it does all over it it has it has go to sleep at the half yeah um, 
Hey, I'm. We got. We got. Uh, what do we got here? We got Ohio and Louisiana in college tonight. Yeah, you got to pick one that I'm, one. That's one I'm watching. You're watching that game tonight. Well, over this one, sure. <laughs> I think they're pretty much both terrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, um, I, I would. Ohio's pretty bad. Yeah, I'm with Samich. I think Louisiana minus 19. Uh, it's 19 and a half on this one, but yeah, 19 would be even better. I. I agree. A, I agree. Uh, Ohio has been bad. They've been really bad. bad. Uh, we do have those, those Friday games are interesting too. Yeah, Central Florida good. and Louisville. By the uh, way, you didn't say who was your lock. Well, my number, the Arizona Cardinals, my lock. Oh, your lock. Okay. And yeah. your upset? My upset is would be Miami. BYU. Oh, yeah. BYU. Okay. Yeah. Now, the yeah. reason I didn't take BYU, Aaron, is I knew you were going to do it for one. But the other reason is I don't like to say – take the same team two weeks in a row as yeah. my that deal. I'm kind of paranoid well, about that, I guess. I like to take them two weeks in a row when it looks like the exact same setup. Well, okay. <laughs> just saying, I'm, I'm a little superstitious about that, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Whatever you say there. Well, well, I rooted my ass off for him last week, and I, I kind of got a little bit tired, so I don't think I want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right well that's gonna do it for the show today uh so hopefully we can get these top fives home uh and we're, we're gonna keep the running total of our record throughout the year on those so right now we're at zero and zero uh as we start that new segment and every week we'll update that and uh since dennis participated we'll 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 have dennis's record on monday as well we will definitely what happens. So guys, it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. Uh, we've got great racing with Belmont Churchill back. Uh, and there, they got some great racing. There's great racing at Woodbine. So you got a lot of racing to look at. And obviously with these sports week three of college football is not going to disappoint. I don't think. And then the NFL uh, was crazy in week one. There are great games. They're hard to predict, but a lot of fun to watch. I think week two is going to be more of the same. So Boy, it's the best time of year. We're in full swing right now with these these football games, and uh, it's just it's a lot of fun. So anyway, thank you all for joining us. Uh, what time are you picking me up uh, Saturday for the? Well, I'll be over there about uh, six, and everybody needs to be uh, thinking about us down there sweating our tails off in that ninety-five degree heat in Norman, Oklahoma, on uh, on uh, Saturday. You gotta love the eleven a.m. kicks when you live three hours from the stadium. <laughs> so. <laughs> Three, 6 a.m. Like, we have to leave like Joplin. What are you talking about? What's that? You said three. We're like five hours away. Well, I'm I'm not five. You might. Well, you're four. No. Oh, we do find we did find a secret way. To yeah, play. there's a new bypass. You can get there in three hours and thirty minutes, easy. Okay. I, I got to Remington Park in two hours and forty five minutes uh, last weekend. So. Yeah, but you drive a hundred miles an hour too. That's true. I was going. Wait, yeah, I got in trouble a few times <laughs> for that, but uh, <laughs> it happens. So anyway, yeah. Uh, but like I said, guys have a good time. Uh, good luck if everybody's betting. Uh, I'm sure uh, tonight, good luck with the Thursday night game and all through the weekend. We'll be right back here with you on Monday to recap what we saw. We'll do a little bit of Monday morning action. Um, and then if you like what we're doing on the network here, Magic Mike Show is going to come up next at 530 Eastern and then blinkers off a little bit after that. So we got a lot going on, um, but that's it for us. Thanks, everybody, for joining us and commenting. And uh, we'll see you right back here on Monday. On the bet sports, but you need some advice on how to cash in big at a heck of a price. Well, if you want enough money to line your shorts, then you're in the right place. This is Dude to Bet Sports. Dude to Bet Sports, it's your favorite show. Dude to Bet Sports, where degenerates go. Dude to Bet Sports, time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride.